Welcome to the new Irish Writing Podcast on independent.ie. My name is Dermot Bulger. New Irish Writing, an acclaimed platform for emerging talent, has appeared in a national newspaper ever since being launched by David Marcus in 1968. It has now returned to the Irish Independent, edited by Kieran Carty, who has been the editor of the page since 1989. Hundreds of writers who were given their first chance to new Irish writing have since gone on to publish their first books, with many becoming leading figures in Irish literature. They include Anne Enright, Neil Jordan, Paul Amin, Joseph O'Connor, Colin McCann, Verona Gork, myself, Dermot Bulger, Mike McCormick, Sarah Bourne, Bernard McLaverty, Sebastian Barry, Deirdre Madden, John Byne, Anthony Glavin, and many others. In a new initiative by the Irish Independent, New Irish Writing now invites the writer of each selected story to give a podcast reading of the work. Here is this month's story. The Way of It by Sean Mallonray. The two stood on the front porch and rang the bell. Muffled music and voices moved through the door and met them on the steps. Sounds like a blast, Liam said. Not tonight, Liam, Angie said. As the front door swung open, the dampened noises came to life. A tall woman grabbed Angie by the arm and pulled her in for an enormous hug. Y'all made it, the woman said. And who is this? Asked the woman, gesturing towards Liam. This is my partner, Liam, Angie said. Liam raised his eyebrows and smirked as he went to shake the woman's hand. The woman slapped Liam's hand away. I'm Celeste, and we hug friends around here. Liam begrudgingly accepted the woman's act of friendliness, patting her back several times before she finally let go. As Celeste and Angie stood in the doorway, catching up on what the other had been up to since Friday, Liam stood silent. He glanced around the party with cautious eyes and out of habit, pulled out his phone. There were no notifications. He tapped the home screen a few times to make it look like he was occupied and then slid the phone back into his pocket. I'm going to grab something to drink. You want anything? Liam asked. No thanks, said Angie. Liam moved through the crowd of people towards the kitchen and found a keg that was nearing empty. He poured himself a cup, mostly foam, but he didn't care. The drink would help occupy his hands for the evening. When Liam returned with his drink, he found Angie standing alone. Her velvet blouse radiated in the light. Where'd your new friend go? Liam asked. The word friend rolled off his tongue in a condescending way. She has other guests to mingle with, said Angie, as she rubbed her chest, feeling a bit sore after the gargantuan hug from Celeste. Just try to have some fun, okay? She added. Liam sipped on his drink, more out of boredom than out of thirst. His left hand was wedged inside his jeans and he kept glancing around the room, rolling his eyes. People walked past and said, hello, to both Angie and Liam, but no one lingered long enough to move a conversation past basic greetings. The pulse of the evening, combined with the static hum of strangers, made it impossible to hear one another. After an unsteady amount of time had passed, both of them still standing near the coat rack by the entrance. Angie and Liam made their way across the room and onto the balcony. Outside, the air was damp and warm. It clung to the body like a shadow at noon. A golden glow beamed from the street lights up into the night and left the sky starless. The city was insulated by its own reflection. Angie put her forearms against the railing and looked out over the city. Construction cranes loomed, encroaching on the skyline. There were people walking on the streets below, cackling as they bumbled across the sidewalk. A man with a heavy gait was yelling in a Pentecostal tone about the labyrinth of streets and their divine meaning. People passed him, 
uninterested in his soul-saving advice. Liam held his red cup with his thumb and middle finger and swirled the golden liquid around. Watching the drink move around the cup helped ease him from what he wasn't sure. What do you think the city will look like in 10 years? Angie said as she turned towards Liam and leaned her back against the railing. I don't know, but it won't be good for us. I know that. How do you mean? Well, think about it. We're broke. At least I am. And the only people living in our city are transplants. I mean, everyone behind that sliding glass door is from somewhere else. But we're still here. (laughs) Barely, Liam said as he took a sip from his drink. We should enjoy what we have, at least for now. Angie turned back towards the city as if she heard someone calling her name. I think it'll be great, she added. What will? Liam said, ignorant of what he and Angie were just talking about. The future, Angie said. Every time something new happens in the city, you have the opportunity to be a part of it. Liam threw back the rest of his drink and tossed the red cup into an overflowing trash can by the door. Tell me how we're part of the towering penthouses and high-end office spaces. Angie paused and glanced at Liam. She felt sorry for him, like a mother who had just watched her child fall and scrape their knee. Sometimes I'm afraid to tell you things, Angie said. Liam cocked his head and dropped his eyebrows. Why would you be afraid to tell me things? A breeze swept through the balcony, rattling the discarded cups and cans. Another couple came outside and dug through the ice chest. Their laughter and elation bothered Liam. The couple debated about what they should drink, stout or IPA. The guy, dressed in slacks, reached into his pocket and took a hit off his vape pen. Angie, are you coming back inside? The girl asked as she sipped on her IPA. Yeah, just getting some air. The guy blew a vape plume that smelled like a vanilla candle. It lingered in the air like a specter before being dragged into the breeze. He nodded to Liam and Angie before heading back inside. The gesture seemed mocking to Liam. What was that about? Liam scoffed. They were getting drinks? I thought that was pretty obvious. I don't mean with them. I mean with your I'm afraid to tell you things comment. What does that mean? Angie looked at her feet and then at Liam. He was wearing the same thing he wore every day, which by default meant it wasn't party attire. His black jacket was frayed around the collar and his denim was faded. Like an old home, his clothes looked lived in. On most days, Angie found Liam's consistent wardrobe comforting, endearing even. But tonight, at her new friend's work party, she wished Liam had worn anything else. It means that there are things I keep to myself so you can't tarnish them, Angie said. Tarnish them? What are you talking about? You stand there in your cool guy outfit, acting like you're too good for everyone and everything, Angie said. It's exhausting. There are things that I think. Things that I cling to for my own sanity. Things that give me hope. Things that can't bear your judgment. (laughs) Are you mad? Because I didn't want to come to this stupid park? Angie interrupted. What's stupid about it? Is life so horrible that the only thing worth doing is dwelling? Would the party be more your style if everyone sat in a circle and took turns complaining about society? No, Liam said. But you know this isn't my thing. Angie looked like she was going to scream, but caught herself. She ran her fingers through her hair and shook her head. That's the problem, she said quietly. Nothing is your thing. Liam, feeling attacked, started to raise his voice. That's not true. I'm into plenty of things, he said. Sorry for not being naive and pretending that everything's great all of the time. Angie let out a desperate sigh like she had been holding her breath. But Liam, sometimes things are great. 
Angie walked past Liam and through the sliding glass doors. The effervescent scent of bodies in motion hit Liam in the face. It was the youthful scent of bliss, a scent he found foreign. Inside, Angie walked up to the kitchen counter and poured herself a drink. Celeste approached from behind and startled Angie. Jesus, Angie said. I'm sorry, hon, said Celeste. Quite the party, Angie said as she pointed her cup in the direction of the crowd dancing in the living room. The song was a mashup of Mr. Brightside and Wrecking Ball. The lights flashed, red and yellow, purple and green. Hands and arms swayed above heads, reaching towards the ceiling. The individual was lost in the mix, and the crowd moved with a collective rhythm. The room smelled of weed and incense. The music was laced with heavy thumps that could be felt in the chest. It was the modernization of an ancient ritual. It's great, isn't it? said Celeste. I've saved up for three years to make it out here, and now it's actually happening. I'm finally having the type of party in the city I used to dream about. Y'all are lucky to have grown up out here, Celeste added. Celeste stared into the moving mass of bodies with an air of calm like she was gazing into a campfire. Will you excuse me? Angie said as she gulped down the entirety of her drink. Sure. Is everything all right? Asked Celeste. Mm Mm-hmm. Angie nodded. Just have to make a call. Angie went into the bathroom and opened her purse. Inside, she grabbed her phone and a small white business card. She dialed the number and let it ring. Angie stood looking in the mirror. The years had been kind to her, but for how much longer? She was nearing 30 and feeling stagnant. Her and Liam had been together for three years. When she tried to remember how or why they had gotten together, she couldn't. The two had been following each other around aimlessly, each hoping that the other had the answers. After several long trills, the call went to voicemail. Hi, this is Angie Collins, and I'd like... Angie paused before continuing. I'd like to go ahead and confirm my appointment for Monday. Thank you. Angie hung up the phone and shoved it back into her purse. She looked at herself in the mirror again. Her eyes were red and expressive, almost glossy. She took a deep breath and whispered to herself, I'm sorry before walking back to the party and pouring herself another drink. New Irish Writing, edited by Kieran Carty and appearing in the Irish Independent on the first Saturday of each month, is open to writers who are Irish or resident in Ireland. Stories submitted should not exceed 2,000 words. Up to four poems may be submitted. There is no entry fee. Writers whose work is selected will receive 120 euros for fiction and 60 euros for poetry. You can email your entry, preferably as a Word document, to newirishwriting at independent.ie, all one word. Please make sure to include your name, address and contact number, as well as a brief biographical paragraph. Only writers who have yet to publish their first book can be considered. Thank you, and good luck with your writing.